This is Free Talk Live. 855-855-4503. I'm going to start over completely. (laughs) It's myself, Chris. And me, Johnson. And Johnson, did you know that I've been diagnosed with Lyme disease? Uh, no, that's awful. Is it the, the you can't ever eat meat again kind? <laughs> oh, no. God, no. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-373. Here on a special Lyme disease uh, edition of Free Talk Live. I always like to do that number two ways. I like to give it out with the, the digits, 855 like or 855-450-3733. And I also like to do it with the alliterative, ridiculous amount of Fs and say 855-450-FREE. <laughs> Just to throw people off. Yes, uh, the, the, addition, the addition of Lyme disease that I seem to have uh, currently... Uh, before it was a lot of blurred vision, but it's more the neurological symptoms. How long have you gone undiagnosed, do you know? I'm thinking 45, 50 years. No, I have <laughs> no idea. I have no idea. When did I get bit by that tick? Also joining us is Silver Dave. Hi, everybody. How are you? Sorry, I'm a little late. Oh, that's all right. Um, we've just been talking about ticks and things ticks do so, to us. I've been diagnosed multiple times uh, with uh, with Lyme disease, and um, I also had my mom have to go through Lyme disease because I used to live in Connecticut on uh, nine acres of field. And so near, near the just town of Lyme, by any surrounded, chance? Not really that close, but I mean, the spread of Lyme disease from that kind of central location has been yes. uh, dramatic. Uh, and in fact, th- th- it's funny that you bring this up because actually one of my artic- my, my pieces of prep is actually related to this. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if you're like, we're going that direction. <laughs> we are now, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. Let me, uh, let me pull that up. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. I, I experienced just some, a lot of fatigue and stuff like that, and then I started to get blurred vision. I'm like, well, there's yeah. a symptom I've never had for any reason whatsoever in my life. And uh, some irritability and and very tired, very exhausted, and started to kind of, you know, do what any responsible, uh, any responsible citizen does. He goes to Google. He does not seek medical attention. He goes to Google. That's where we find these things out now. Um, I actually don't trust the medical industrial complex to cure me as much as I trust them to charge me a lot of money. They do that. And or like give me something that won't cure me, but just will continue to keep me paying to not feel as bad. Yeah. Therefore your Google approach is, uh, I might be recommended. <laughs> Hear that folks. It's got the silver Dave seal of good housekeeping approval. I'm just saying rolling the dice is a better bet than choosing what's, like, probability going to screw you. Yeah, you're really going to like the story that I brought in, too, because uh, it's from Gizmodo here, and uh, the title is, The Pentagon has been ordered to tell Congress if it weaponized ticks and released them into the public. <laughs> oh, God. That's a bill has been drafted to order Congress to release that information if it exists, because there are is a lot of information out there that uh, there is a place called, I think it's Necker Island yes. in uh, Lyme, Connecticut, that where there is a military weapons testing facility where supposedly 
uh, they were using ticks to breed and carry diseases. And the thing that supposedly happened is that they didn't account for the fact that ticks would ride birds. Ooh. Who would have thought? <laughs> so this is interesting. This uh, ne- Necker Island, is this a biological testing? Was yeah, it alleged to be a weapons, biological weapon? A biological weapons testing facility in Lyme, Connecticut. Yeah. Wow. So, so I came in late. Uh, obviously, you detected that. And so <laughs> I walk in, and, and I, I don't know if you've already covered this. Are, are, did this originate with the idea that Lyme disease may in fact be a biological weapon created by some government, possibly the United States government, in order, is that where we're at? So I've I've actually brought this up, uh, that theory, in the past, because I've brought up Lyme disease over the years just because, again, I've been diagnosed with it and I've known so many people affected by it. And um, I've had neurological issues that were similar to effects of Lyme disease. Uh, and I thought at one point that I was going to be diagnosed and I was diagnosed with some other things and, you know, bringing up some symptoms that I've had. I mean, I think I've even mentioned some symptoms to you. And I think you even said to me was, have you been diagnosed with Lyme disease? Right. You know, it's like kind of like, uh, yeah. And, and in the past I have. So it's just one of those things where, especially if you hear that this, these weird symptoms that never used to be around, you never used to be, have to be afraid as a kid. When I was young, maybe right. this is dating me as being a real old person, you, but we used to go and roll in leaf piles in the fall, you know, like you would no, jump in the leaves. It was enjoyable. Now it's terrifying. You for that now. Yeah. <laughs> you let a kid do what? Yes. And what? <laughs> How yeah. could you? But the ticks. Uh, it's insane, and that's the world we now live in, but it does seem that Lyme disease has become much more prevalent. Yeah, I hadn't um, even, I never even heard of ticks until I was like a teenager. Oh, I heard of them when I was, well, when I was young. Yeah, back Did when I was Did you ever have young. any? <laughs> no, but right. we, in, in eastern Oregon- Now we, you can't go five feet outside without 10 of them attaching themselves. I know. <laughs> we always heard about it. He said, you know, these diseases are, and there was like- one person in our county that had come down with Lyme disease right. and every, it was well, and my county was not big, a couple mm-hmm. thousand people, um, but everybody knew who that one person, yep, she got Lyme disease. Right. That was the only example of it. Um, and this isn't so anywhere close to- when about are we talking about? 1920s, 30s? 30s. Uh, <laughs> that'd be in the 1970s. I'm trying to be uh, accurate, not flippant about my advancing age. <laughs> It is an often discussed topic of exactly how old is Chris. Right. And until the carbon fourteen dating comes back, we will not know. Yeah, so I you know, same same situation in the eighties. I mean, I didn't really hear anything about it as a kid. Yeah. You know, it's just how old uh in the eighties. I was born in the seventies. Wow. Silver Silver Dave's kind of timeless. I feel Really young age-wise, but old-looking, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Well, only compared to me, of course. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. I just turned 41, so I just get a lot that people are like, you're 41? You look like you're 32. You look kind of young. Yeah, Yeah, you do. You do, honestly. (laughs) Must be that Diet Pepsi. (laughs) It's preserving me. Just kidding. Diet Pepsi just, they were like, Yes! It's pickling me, including my brain. Yeah, that's actually the it's <laughs> that that might be the reason why you don't look twenty three. Yeah, maybe it's or possible. Just 
you know, jumped off of something because you just were like, I can't stand life without Diet Coke. <laughs> it's the preservative. It's not worth living. <laughs> it's preserving him. Yeah. Hey, that yeah, might so. actually be, you know, there might be something to that. There we go. So tell me more about this. This I find okay. fascinating. How does it make you feel? So, uh, apparently, some members of the United States House are concerned the Pentagon may have unleashed disease-infected ticks that caused the spread of Lyme disease. Roll Call reports that July 11th, the House stealthily decided to uh, voice vote to support an amendment to the 2020 Defense Authorization Bill that would require the Department of Just- Justice to look into weaponized ticks. Okay, folks, uh, for those of you listening at home or wherever you're listening to your radio, when Congress wants to do something quietly and put it somewhere no one would ever possibly find that they are actually doing something, they will stuff it in a defense authorization bill because no one, it is um, physically impossible for someone to read the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, even more difficult to actually analyze what's in it. Because I, I everything absolutely gets, think that there are people who will do this, though. It will go the, the nine yards because well, it's I hope so. so harmful. I hope so. So it says here, according to the Congress-focused newspaper New Jersey Republican Representative Christopher Smith, wrote the amendment which demands the inspector general shall cl- shall conduct a review of whether the Department of Defense experimented with ticks and other in- insects regarding use as a biological weapon between the years of 1950 and 1975. Intriguing. Has the U.S. government militarized ticks? Have they been sicked on your humble host? Has Is, is this a biological attack on <laughs> myself? Unreal. But we're going to find out more. 855-453 is our toll-free number. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855. (laughs) I'm just not with it. This is Chris. Joined in in studio is... Silver Dave. And Johnson. I'm going to try that again. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Free is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I've got a little bit of a a Lyme brain today, so uh, I apologize to you, our listeners. If if I happen to fumble through this, I'm going to rely as much as I can uh, on my two capable co-hosts, Silver Dave and Johnson, both of which have done an exemplary job, <laughs> and uh, hopefully if, if I just sort of fade out or start twitching or something like that, um, they'll be able to handle the show just fine. Um, but first, I, wanna do, I do want to tell you about local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy and sell Bitcoin Cash via dozens of payment methods, including PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. So we've had an interesting discussion. First of all, uh, call it kismet, but, you know, uh, I walk in and uh, I was just getting ready to start and Johnson walks in. He's like, hey, 
I said, by the way, I got Lyme disease. Oh, perfect. That's show prep. I'm like, great. It's, I'm glad my diseases can make for good radio. <laughs> Uh, but the well, story, I would have had this with you know whether or not you had had Lyme disease or not. It exactly, just happenstance. Uh, that's okay. But Johnson has a story that talks about Congress slipping something into the uh, defense authorization bill, asking them pretty much point blank. Uh, the attorney and and you'll you'll refresh us on mm-hmm. this, but asking point blank, did the military weaponize ticks? So it goes on here to say that if the review determines that such a project took place, then the amendment reportedly insists the inspector general must present Congress with information on the scope of the research, including whether any ticks or insects used in such experiments were released outside of any laboratory by accident or experiment design. Smith, who is a co-chairman of the Congressional Lyme Disease Caucus, told Roll Call he hopes the Inspector General will share information that sheds light on these reports and could be used to hinder the spread of Lyme disease. We need answers and we need them now, Smith told Roll Call. For years, there have been reports and theories circulating that suggest Department of Defense researchers at facilities like New York's Plum Island Mm -hmm. and Maryland's Fort Detrick. Hey, that's where I was stationed in the military. (laughs) Have infected insects for biological weapons tests and then released those insects outside of the lab, leading to the spread of Lyme disease. So a couple things about Fort Detrick, Maryland. Um, first of all, it's the head of the, the U.S. National Cancer Research. Um, it has a communications uh, portion of the base, and that's what I was involved with. Things mm-hmm. like the, the hotline to Moscow, everybody pictures the red phone. Right. Well, it's actually a teletype system, but <laughs> but it's the only base in the United States that actually communicates with Russian Molnoya satellites mm-hmm. as part of the hotline. So there's all kinds of strange things. The stranger things go back into the 50s and 60s where it was an active, repeat, active, uh, psychological, uh, or excuse me, an active research facility for many of the CIA's uh, psychological experiments. Uh, the MK Ultra things mm. actually were researched there. Um, the um, case of the dentist, who, you, if you remember, um, took LSD and plugged right. it to his death. Uh, he he was a well known guy on Fort Detrick, and as a matter of fact, his son is. Uh, still in the area, he wow. has been suing uh, the Department of F- Defense and the CIA forever over his father's death. But all sorts of things occur there. One of the buildings that I remember most distinctly is a large building that is the shape. It's it's the shape of a golf ball. Uh, what is that shape, Silver Dave? You would uh, a, a large spherical sp- shape. I'm asking you. Like a dome? Be- yes. Well, you you have built one. Um, a, like a geodesic dome. I didn't build a dome. I thought you were involved in that. Uh, well, I live nearby the domes in Hanneker that Rick Humboldt built. I see. I did a filming project where we film it, and it's kind of still going, where we're filming the uh, repair, the refurbishing of the domes. Very interesting. Uh, because uh, one of the co-hosts here on Free Talk Live, Jay Noon, uh, Jay the Prophet Noon, uh, <laughs> praise be him, uh, to go on and say that he has purchased and is now rebuilding the roof on it and doing some other um, 
maintenance, upgrades, and that sort of thing. Well, Fort Detrick's geodesic dome is out of place. I'll just say that. It's uh, all just low, flat buildings like on every military base, but suddenly there is this approximately <laughs> five-story high dome uh, in one section of of the base. And, you know, the only thing you really get, you never get an official answer if you're, right. if you're working on a military base, but you'll hear the rumors. And Fort Detrick has a lot of civilian employees. So there are a lot of guys that have been working there for 25, 35 years. Uh, and you will hear before any of this started to come out of anything, saying that that's where they tested animals. Huh. And it was designed so that they could release different uh, animals, different insects inside of this dome, keep them contained, uh, yet infect them with certain diseases and things like that, and then introduce larger animals. So I don't know if that's true, but that, that was the rumor. The specialized scientists that were going to work in that building insisted, it can't be a normal building. It has to be unique and special. <laughs> I, ex- I can't work in a square building. <laughs> Well, we did have one five-story building, the only one on base. That was affectionately known as Anthrax Tower, but that's a different story. Oh, lovely. That sounds like not the place you want to take your family this holiday season. Yeah, that one got shut down in the mid, uh, mid-1960s, mid and if you look closely at the building, you realize that all five stories of it are all the windows and doors are concreted shut. <laughs> and the, the urban legend was there are still bodies in there, and they're... May or may not be. But please tell us more. So, I guess a book published in May, uh, uh, Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons, has brought public attention to these notions, which may have inspired Smith to propose this amendment that is co-sponsored by Maryland Republican Andy Harris and Minnesota Democrat Colin Peterson. A review by Outside Magazine says that Bitten author Kirby, or Chris Newby, uh, research shared his book, shared, sorry, this is a weirdly written sentence. A review by Outside Magazine says Bitten author Chris Newby research shared in the book rests on shaky ground and presents a lot of evidence but no smoking gun proving a connection between the government biowarfare research and the Lyme disease outbreak. The only thing that proves is that one has not been right. provided yet and hopefully with some more eyes on it, maybe it will. 855-450 free. What do you think? Have you had Lyme disease? Did you kind of just experience this thing pop up out of nowhere like everybody else? This is Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's our toll-free number. That's free as in freedom. 855-450-3733. That's our toll-free number. That's a number you call if you want to be on a nationally syndicated radio show. You can also hit us up on Discord. Discord is a really cool app. You can load it on your um, smart device. You can load it on your laptop. And all you got to do is load it up 
use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone and call into us with Discord, you will sound like you are right here in the studio with us. Yes, in studio I refer to as myself, Chris, with Lyme disease. Silver Dave and no Lyme disease. <laughs> and Johnson and who knows. <laughs> right. Once you've had it once, you never know whether or not you still have it or not. That's a great thing. I don't even really know if I have it. They think I probably have it. Who knows? It so. can get into your marrow. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that they say about uh, the spirochetes. Right. Those blessed spirochetes. Thanks, Those are not government. parakeets, by the way. <laughs> thanks, government agency that may have, in fact, created this. Yes. Gee, thanks for keeping us safe. And that's what <laughs> we're discussing with Johnson. Johnson has a story from Gizmodo that basically has some congressmen probing. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much actually the, the gist at the end of the story. But uh, I, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, who who knows? I mean, at this point, it's like, did it happen? Did it not? I mean, it's, they're questioning. They're, they've got this bill. Hopefully something will be revealed. You know, it's kind of like, obviously it's something that's not going to be solved by a simple freedom of information request. But uh, maybe this probe into Congress will force something to happen. Maybe they have to answer. I don't know what the legal uh, repercussions is of a, co- a congressional inquiry into something, yeah. if they have to be honest or not. So right. here's what I was um, you know, wanting to say in regards to that. I'm pretty sure that this project, if in fact there was a project to create and test biological weapons using ticks, it would have had to have a real high security clearance. So I'm pretty sure that when whatever Congress acts, requests, demands, I'm pretty sure that the military clearance can probably supersede sure. their right to have to talk about it. And it also, like from a, quote, national security standpoint— if, for example, the government was to admit that it had a project, biological weapons, that went as haywire as, like, releasing ticks in the wild that went everywhere, that would be massive negative effects on what people think about the government, and it might cause a lot of uh, discontention. Now, well, they more, may- to the, more to the point, it could be seen by neighboring nations as an act of war. Um, if True. you have, yeah. If you have indeed violated... Uh, UN treaties and things like that to deal with uh, biological weapons. And, you know, even though the U.S. is a a signer to treaties that say we'll never do it, uh, we've got a long history of doing it. If they have done something that has gotten out of control, then that would be a pretty flagrant violation. Now, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me, though. So, like, when I say that, you know, by using it could cause a lot of civil unrest, I'm not necessarily saying that that wouldn't be a tactic, like, I feel like if they wanted to destabilize the people that own the United States government, the people that own the printing presses, obviously they're they're higher and what their strategies are, but they may know that the United States is supposed to topple. They may let for something like this has to leak out and has to, or on the other hand, they're just not going to get the information. I, t- I tend to look at most, most of these things as, well, with an air of, Okay, first of all, I'm skeptical that the government can pull anything off without it going horribly wrong. Uh, (laughs) Our government has a long history of that. And I do know that, you know, at at least at Fort Detrick, Maryland, there there was biological experimentation going on there. Mm -hmm. One of the things you explore when you explore biological weapons is you explore attack vectors. There was always discussion of how would this be delivered 
You weren't. You don't deliver a biological agent so you can go spray it out of the back of an airplane. The idea is it becomes part of the natural surrounding, and then it becomes. In, that was the that was the appeal. It's just part of nature. We don't know where that came from. So I do have to correct something that I said earlier because I had brought it up, and I was probably thinking of Plum Island when I had mentioned, and this is going to reveal something about me, but uh, that uh, I had mentioned Necker Island. Oh, yeah. And I have to apologize to Sir Richard Branson because oh, oh, I, I, don't, I don't believe that he has anything to do with the weaponization or research of Lyme disease. I'm sitting there, uh, where do I know that <laughs> name from? Oh, yeah, some a good friend of mine was just up there talking cryptocurrencies with uh, richard branson <laughs> yeah so okay. uh not not the right island that i thought was thinking of there you know as i was my brain is just serving up names of famous islands <laughs> you know that's a good one plum island probably not not necker island. yeah but plum island has its own uh mystique i mean it's been around forever it was you know yeah. supposedly the island the real life island of dr moreau um, all these experimentations on animals there. And, Wasn't there also a creepy island from uh, uh, the 1913 where they decided to meet uh, to form the Federal Reserve? That would be Jekyll Island. Right, there you yeah. go. Yeah, and um, I don't know. We we seem to like, uh, in America, we like islands. secrets on islands. <laughs> um, but it is yeah. kind of strange. For those of you unfamiliar with Jekyll Island, a bunch of rich bankers, literally, left New York in the middle of the night and boarded a train for Jekyll Island under assumed names, hiding their identities so they could put together the rough plan of what the Federal Reserve would look like and how it would be uh, owned and maintained by the biggest banks. They'd be completely unaccountable uh, for the money that they They would gain control <laughs> of it and be completely uncontrollable and uh, unaccountable to government and to the people. That's now, that one sounds like flat out, uh, here goes Reitman, he's uh, talking conspiracy again. Uh, read the Creature from Jekyll Island for a very well-documented history of what happened with the Federal Reserve. And uh, I love this subject. I know you do. And the thing is that this has a lot to do with why people are calling me Silver Dave was because I was... Very interested in silver, particularly fractional silver, because you could use it as a median to exchange for goods and services. And uh, paper dollars uh, are pieces of paper with numbers stamped on them. And before 1933, there was not an IRS. There was not income tax. But there was a Great Depression, and I'm pretty sure that they sort of solved it by swapping the money and the people. So like they use the people as collateral with their social security numbers. Everyone get numbered. And then they put up the people against the banks to be loaned federal reserve notes because the federal reserve bank is not a government agency. So I've, I've heard this, uh, I've heard this theory before you yeah, know, and that, I'm not that everybody you is, is just collateral for, for loans to the big banks. And well, so there was, there was no IRS, and there was no social security number before like the early 1930s. There was also the Emergency Banking Act of 1933, which required individuals to turn in their gold coinage. Oh, you're, you're, not, you're not telling me that a, that a U.S. president sent out an order telling everybody in the United States they've got to turn in their... That would be so un-American. <laughs> Dave, you want these people to believe that... Who was president? Roosevelt just picked up his pen and wrote a decree saying you have until this date 
to turn in your gold? Well, I wasn't personally there. And I do believe that the history books are written by the most powerful, wealthiest people. Uh, So there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation. But I do believe it to be true that, yes, in 1933, uh, Americans were told, give us your gold and we're going to give you these pieces of paper with numbers stamped to them or we will put you in jail. And, of course, people don't like jail. So they went and they did it. Uh, A lot of people buried buckets of gold in their yards, buried treasures, buried in their walls. That surfaces, you know, years later, and every so often, people find things. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna break it here. What Dave's talking about is absolutely true. Uh, FDR did indeed issue an executive order ordering every American to turn in their gold, with a few exceptions. If you think your government is above not only just stealing your money through taxes, but literally putting a gun to your head and taking your money. It's true. 855-450-FREE. What do you think? We're talking government's conspiracies and what they may be up to with Lyme disease. Give us a call. 855-450-FREE. This is... This is Free Talk Live. 855 I'm just... It's got to remember 450. Man, it's just <laughs> not. I got to write it down. I'm going to. This is Chris. I'm the dude with Lyme disease who can't make his way through a radio show, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to rely on my two compatriots You're doing all right. this evening. Uh, in studio, we have myself, Chris, Silver Dave, and Johnson. And they are doing their best to prop up my Lyme riddled brain. As I try to work my way through this uh, this episode, it's eight fifty five four fifty free. That's our toll free number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's how you can contact us toll free and get on the radio. But first, I want to help you take Bitcoin by pointing you, if you are a small business owner. To help me take Bitcoin.com. Do you operate a retail business or looking for a solution for point of sale cryptocurrency acceptance? It's never been easier thanks to help me take Bitcoin.com. There's no paperwork, no approval process, nothing needed like that to open an account. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. You visit helpmetakebitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrencies like. Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, in your store. Get started now at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. That's HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. And uh, we've been talking, man, this is disturbing when you look down at your computer screen and you see it's filled with pictures of ticks. That's just, (laughs) you know, even if you don't have Lyme disease, nobody wants to see ticks. Only a chicken would fantasize about finding a thousand ticks somewhere. I've heard guinea hens, too. They are very, uh, very into ticks. And I've also heard possums. One man's torture is another chicken's paradise. (laughs) Uh, There you go. But uh, one thing that was, well, it, it caused some stir when this Minnesota town decided they were going to do away with the Pledge of Allegiance. And, you know, as uh, as one of the city councils of St. Louis Park said, uh, I don't think people really need to pledge allegiance 
to our country because they need a sidewalk fixed. Troops fought and died for you to be forced to (laughs) pledge allegiance to this country. You should be chained and have all your freedom taken away if you do not bow down before the dictatorial uh, stars and stripes. Absolutely. I pledge allegiance to the golden calf. <laughs> I will obey what the golden calf tells me to do. Now, I want to start lead, lead off this story with a uh, Donald Trump quote, uh, a tweet. I mean, I'd have to go all the way back to yesterday to find one. So I did do my research. Uh, Donald J. Trump tweets, Quote, we will never be a socialist or communist country. If you are not happy here, you can leave. That's in all caps, so he means so, it. Is he saying that in response to this? No. Okay. He's good. just saying it uh, well, in response to the other voices. In he, you'd have to be He's, a real dumbass to not know that the Pledge of Allegiance is a socialist design. What? Pledge. Well, wait Francis a second here. Bellamy, Bellamy, he says... You can leave. He says we can leave. (laughs) I know. We can go. Where do you guys want to go? (laughs) Like, yes, Dave, but they won't let you in or allow you to work and live. I think uh, Donald Trump even more pointedly told, you know, these these congresswomen that, you know, the the four that he's got it out for. He said they need they can just, you know, you think you can run things better. You go back to your your own country and you, you do things better there. Yeah, a lot of well, these. Well, these people are from the United yeah. States, so if you're sending them back and telling them to do a better job in their own country, that would mean, I guess, do a better job than I'd you. like to be. I'd like to take that statement virtually, and I will say, okay, virtually, I agree with you. So, without all these imaginary borders, I'll just go back to my house, and then your laws will be away from me because I'll have left. I left the laws that you think are so important, and you can have your. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance that is written by a socialist by the name of Francis Bellamy. Uh, and uh, you can keep your socialist, uh, you know, putting your hand over your heart and raising your hand to the flag, which is, again, based off of the Bellamy salute, which is... Looks uh, so similar to another one I've seen. Oh, those Nazis. The Nazi yeah, salute. Oh, that's, that's right. Exactly. They're designed by the same person. What? Yeah, the, the the American Pledge of Allegiance and the salute to the American flag, the Pledge of Allegiance and the salute were both created and written by Francis Bellamy, who is a nationalist socialist, and it was the same guy designed this for the Nazis. It's the same. Th- I've never heard that part. You may be correct. Yeah. So I believe that. Well, or or maybe he got it from the Nazis when he, he may have. he designed it for the United States. But I think he may may have lifted it from the Nazis. Or but he himself was absolutely a socialist. The, uh, there is no uh, no question of that. Bellamy's brother was the most well known uh, author of fiction in the 1800s, and he wrote books about. Basically, utopias. Who's yeah. who's Bellamy's brother? Um, uh, Mr. Bellamy. Oh. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, I'm going to refer to a Cato Institute uh, article that I don't have pulled up. We're going to put it on our social media. The The gist of it is, is Republicans should not want to fall on their swords for the um, Pledge of Allegiance. This is not the right hill to die on. 
Um, this is one of those things that it was unfortunate that got passed in the first place, and we should let it die. It's not a good tradition. I've never understood why there is such a large class of people in the Republican Party who are so nationalistic and so like, I love the country and pe- the troops fought for your freedom. And, and, you know, like, and, and the, the same group of people who are like, but don't try and pay taxes and take taxes from me because it's like, I shouldn't have to pay. It's like, what? What are you talking about? That would be like the first way to be the most allegiant and loyal and respectful is by giving all your money, dummy. <laughs> you know, like if you yeah. don't want to pay to, you know, support this institution, then what are you talking about? That that everyone else should just bow down and worship it, but not give it money. Like you, how do you not understand that that's not logical thinking? You know, like- well, I, I feel like everything should be on a donation basis, but then you'd have to name it something different than government. You'd have to give it some like sort of like voluntary type name. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like there could be some community group that helps work together to accomplish like Kibbleton. logistical, you know, shared goals, but that can't like step on people and force them to do things or force them to pay. The, the problem I see with anything like that is at some point you're going to have to have somebody in charge of the roads for the happy, squeaky, shiny uh, road donation company or whatever it's going to be. There is going to be somebody in charge, and that's where that's where mankind always gets into trouble. we we got to have somebody in charge. I'd love to see something more like that. Uh, I think figuring out the logistics of it, that's that's where we need to work. And that's what we should be working on. We should not be working on more of the same failed systems that have failed for all throughout history. I, um, there needs to be a better way. Dave, you're right. I'm curious, since we're on this subject, because this is something I think about, and sometimes I wonder, is it really possible to just like have everything be individual liberty where people everyone just does their own things and when they feel like they've been wronged they take action to correct the wronging and other people either get involved or don't get involved based on what they think and i suppose you know then maybe you have like sections of land that people are living on but then when it comes to i know like roads is like a major like libertarian issue but i feel like does anyone have an idea for how people could like share those tasks. Uh, Walter not- Block wrote a really good book about uh, how you know instead of just looking at the roads and going, well, who who will build the roads? You know, it's like the the immediate criticism of everything libertarian. Walter Block just sat down and all right, I'm going to write a book, <laughs> and I'm going to lay out a logical way that we could have roads and have it not be forced on us by government, and it would logically work. Walter Block. Walter Block. Um, he's a Walter C. Block, I believe. Is that something if I Google? I find that absolutely, um, and I'll try to dig up the uh, action. But, but he did, I think, a pretty good job. I'm not saying his is the perfect job. I don't say it's, but it's, it's an idea. It's an idea that might work. It might work, and therefore, I think it deserves exploring. Like many ideas in libertarian thought, uh, not many of these things have really been tried. But you got people that care about liberty that are willing to give it a try, like us. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. This is Free Talk Live. Wait. 
Would you like to hang out with Penn Gillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a Big Ten approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, capitalists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and get your tickets now. Freedomfest.com FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event. Even with coupon code FTL50. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry, but I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com FTL. Freedomfest.com FTL. Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's free as in freedom. 855-450-3733. That's our toll-free number. We're, we're in hour number two. The first hour went so fast. That's what's good about this show. It's never the same twice. <laughs> we always bring in new and different stories, and we always entertain calls from viewers, uh, viewers, from listeners who can well, bring up <laughs> and viewers. Those, those unfortunate enough to be watching any of the webcam, webcams tonight. Well, that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> people do like to watch us, and I don't understand why, but they do. Uh, you can watch us on Twitch. You can watch us on YouTube. And you can, you know, join in, become part of the show that way. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to do that. Uh, first of all, the Us in Studios, myself, Chris. Silver Dave. And Johnson. And we have been talking about all, of course, it's, we're all over the book. Uh, we first started off uh, talking about Lyme disease and Congress actually asking the Pentagon, uh, listen, guys, have you ever uh, experimented you with this and accidentally released Lyme disease? Is that how we got it? And they put that in a defense authorization bill. Uh, we then, um, we, we talked a lot about ticks and and lots of things that the government has done that you may not think they've done, but they have. Uh, things that are very well documented, like the Federal Reserve and uh, FDR actually seizing Americans' personal gold. Um, that occurred in the 1930s. Silver Dave is very familiar with these things because you've uh, got a history of, of minting your own silver coins, and I think that's really cool. I remember one year at Porkfest, I offered a premium for what I was selling if you would pay me in silver coins from your um, foundry. What do we call this? A mint. A mint. Okay. Yeah. So um, was, there's all sorts of little tidbits about money that most people have no idea about. What we did want to get into was this story out of Minnesota, uh, Minnesota City Council reinstates the Pledge of Allegiance after widespread backlash. Now, we discussed this the other night on the show when it was, uh, I think it was Ian and I on Saturday night, um, them deciding that there really wasn't a need to say the Pledge of Allegiance. In the words of uh, one of the town council, um, 
look, if somebody's coming in to complain about their their sidewalk, I don't see why they have to pledge allegiance to the country to do that. And that got into a discussion of the history of the Pledge of Allegiance and how it was written by an avowed socialist, uh, Francis Bellamy. I invite you to research Francis Bellamy and find out the true history of the he, Pledge of Allegiance. He didn't, definitely didn't write anything for the Nazis that, that, because uh, he was born in 1955, so that would have been very difficult. <laughs> um, he did... <laughs> He did sell a lot of flags because of the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, that was part of his angle. And the second thing was the advancement of socialism. Um, when this really took off was during the Progressive Era. Oh, sorry, 1855. Eight, yeah, that sounds about right. So actually, no, I'm completely wrong about that. <laughs> Again, he was born. I can't, I'm illiterate, too, apparently. That's all right. Just because you, you said that, I started searching how old the Pledge of Allegiance is. Yeah, it's actually like, not this the, thing is pretty new. Yeah, it's not that old, actually. Yeah. How old is it? Um, well, actually, well, I mean, if he was he was actually born in 1855 to 1931. Let's see when the pledge was actually written. 1891, 18, let me see here. Maybe. Can Sounds, I get a 1911 or a 1913? <laughs> something special? Uh, actually, oh, you just yeah, born. you want that to be that? I don't think so. I think it's probably a little older than that. It's probably... Late 1890s is where I would guess, but, but let me keep looking. Yeah, but what I do want to reiterate is that in that time, um, this was the progressive era of American politics. This is when progressivism was taking over this idea that uh, it was a lot of jingoism, um, uh, American superiority and you know empire building for the first time in our history became something that was being talked about. And this was under, you know, such famous progressives as as Woodrow Wilson, you know, a very well-known progressive, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. What? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt was one of the most prevalent uh, progressive voices. This is a Republican. I want you Republicans to understand your history. Here's some interesting facts. So now that I've been feverishly uh skimming this here so uh the pledge was published in september of september 8th of 1892 um again by this socialist uh francis bellamy and that salute was also again designed by bellamy and uh that was originally that was the original pledge to the flag was the nazi salute uh called the bellamy salute it was later changed um, because it was so similar, you know, during World War II uh, to the hand over the heart gesture because the original form involved stretching the arm out towards the flag in a manner that re- represented the Nazi salute. But the Nazis very well may have at that point adopted their Certainly Nazi salute yeah. from the American salute to the flag, which was, again, a a socialist, a national social, a nationalist socialist gesture. And if we think about what the pledge says, what does it say? It says you will pledge allegiance. Uh, you will pledge right. what's basically uh, an undying oath to the flag, to an inanimate object right. that represents this great country. Now, it it doesn't talk about the people of this great country. It doesn't talk well, about troops are defending you. You should be respectful and grateful for them providing you your freedom 
And the thing is, is that that argument is really tired because the same people don't understand that it's been ruled in courts over and over again that these organizations, the military, the police actually have absolutely no duty to protect you whatsoever. Correct. And so the whole myth of citizenship, right, and pledging your allegiance for safety you know, you swear your fealty to the government and they provide you with certain things, certain safeties and services. That deal doesn't exist. Amazing, isn't it, folks? Doesn't it just kind of go counter to everything you've ever been taught? We're going to go to the phones where we've got Howard calling in from North Dakota. Howard, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. I was curious what you guys thought about the e-cigarette ban in San Francisco. I was going to say I'm really enjoying mine today, but <laughs> uh, matter of fact, I am smoking an e-cigarette, uh, e-cigarette, a vaping device uh, right now. I, now, personally, not that you asked, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, the reason I took it on is I have been smoking cigarettes for about 40 years, and by switching over to a vape, I have not deprived myself of any nicotine, yeah, I but I have deprived myself of a lot of smoke. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't smell like a smoker or look like a smoker. I hear that a lot. But please, go ahead, Howard. Yeah, I just wanted to say you guys are fucking birds, bitches. LRN.FM People do that. Because... Well, they like to. They like to get ahead of the host and try to... Take advantage of my lime brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got him good, whoever oh, you are, boy. caller. I hope just, you feel accomplished. I mean, it's just it, well, it, it just gets dumped off the air and you disappear. Exactly. Congratulations. That's right. He's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Guys in black suits are going to zip down <laughs> ropes tonight. Exactly. Don't call Free Talk Live and mess around <laughs> or this could happen to you. <laughs> oh, my. Do you have one friend who's listening live that you're trying to impress? <laughs> yes. Hey, Timmy, watch this. I'm going to call the radio show because I'm so cool. <laughs> hey, Timmy. <laughs> we uh, usually get those from uh, Twitch. Twi- yeah. Twitch is a, a good source of, of those great calls, but not all of them. Sometimes we get some good calls. Go play uh, video games. Don't you have better things to do? Exactly. 855-450 free. We're on Free Talk Live. We are discussing this Minnesota City Council's decision to reinstate the pledge and rah-rah. Um, they want to bring it back, and Trump had some things to say about it. 855-453, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453, that's our toll-free number. 855-453. Free. free is in freedom, free is in no free lunch. But I'll tell you what you can get for free. You can go to liberty.menu and find a directory of liberty businesses. For years, libertarians of all stripes have wanted a directory of liberty-minded businesses. We're here to help build one, liberty.menu. Liberty.menu is a tool for your community. At its core, it's a directory for events, businesses, and digital content, and more. 
listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social network so you can connect and share with others. Use of Liberty Menu, Liberty.menu, is exclusively for individuals that reject the initiation of force and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. Put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu and use FTL, use coupon code FTL to get a special badge. We say that you could get something really cool for free with code FTL. We can give you a badge, but the problem is almost everything is free already at Liberty.menu. So check it out. That's Liberty.menu. Check out my store out there. We advertise. We even pay them a little bit of money every every month, and we actually get some results out of it. So we're happy with that. Excellent. And joined in studio with myself, Chris, is... Silver Dave and Johnson. And we've been talking, well, we've been talking about everything, but we've been trying to get into this story where the city council in Minnesota that said, no, we're not going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. We don't think you have to plead, uh, pledge your fealty to the country uh, because you want to complain about uh, cracks uh, in your sidewalk or potholes in your road. Um, they felt that that would make some people feel uncomfortable, but the story has an update. Pledge of Allegiance restored at city council meetings in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. The St. Louis Park City Council voted unanimously to restore the Pledge of Allegiance at meetings after the local outcry gets national spotlight. A Minnesota City Council on Monday reportedly agreed to reinstate the Pledge of Allegiance at meetings weeks after the group sparked a widespread and high-reaching backlash by removing the pledge recital. Now, I just want to be clear as to what happened here. The city council said we're not going to be saying the pledge before our meetings. A whole lot of very conservative people stormed City Hall, uh, stormed City Hall all of them carrying flags of various sizes and shapes, uh, one picture we saw, it took two people to carry this flag. It was that big. It, there was that much liberty. Um, Compensating Iwo Jima there. <laughs> it, it was, it, it, there was so much liberty in that flag, it took two people to carry it. Um, and then they proceeded to complain because the city council dared not state the words of an avowed socialist. Now, what does Donald Trump have to say on socialists? We will never be a socialist or communist country. If you are not happy here, you can leave. This was, let me see, going way back to yesterday. Um, Donald Trump railing against socialism, yet you have people, um, arguably, of Trump's party uh, sitting here uh, being up in arms because people don't want to say uh, socialist claptrap, and that's what our Pledge of Allegiance is. I don't say that. This is not me being uh, anti-American. This is not me saying I hate this country and everything about it. No. What I hate is socialism. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that we would spend a uh, half a second convincing people that these ideas are good. These ideas get people killed. You want to talk about millions, hundreds of millions of people in this world have died in the 20th century 
thanks to socialism. You want me to celebrate that? You want me to talk about how great these socialist words are? I yeah. say burn them. And, 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 oh, and I was going to say that all those people, those hundreds of millions of people that are killed, are killed because people pledge obedience to these various governments. And when they say, we will obey, you know, they pledge allegiance, they pledge to obey the orders of, they'll do what they're told, which is ultimately how these hundreds of millions of people are killed because the biggest murderers that exist are the governments of the world. They are indeed. And one thing else, uh, as I looked at this crowd, and I'm only looking at pictures uh, from this city council meeting, I'm 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 just coming to my own conclusion. I'm I'm going to say that most of those people were probably conservatives. I, I think a number of them were Christians. I think um, for a Christian to advocate pledging allegiance to anyone but God. Uh, how do you reconcile that with your religion? You're you're advocating basically idolatry. Uh, you wish to say that I will pledge my life above God, above my family, above anything else uh, to government. That's what the pledge is. Does that really jive with your values? I have a problem with it. And, and this guy who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance, the United States Pledge of Allegiance, Bellamy, in 1891, he was apparently forced from his pulpit in Boston, where he was a preacher, so he was also yes. a preacher. He was not only a socialist, but he was also a preacher. And he was forced from that because people got sick of hearing him preaching against the evils of capitalism. Yeah. So he spent all his time preaching. He wasn't just like a, a regular socialist. He was going out preaching and preaching against capitalism. And finally, people were like so sick of it, they, they were like, get out of here. And uh, then, you know, apparently he decided to move to Florida and you know carry on or whatever yeah. down away <laughs> um but again you got a, a minister who's literally run out of town on a rail um because of his socialist teachings and now we have people defending his work this this boggles my mind um cl while claiming to be uh, good patriotic americans weird i know it's weird it makes no sense now, personally, um, I, I'm I'm not the world's most devout Christian or anything like that. Um, but if you take a pledge of allegiance to something, um, I compare it a little bit to taking an oath. Um, when I was in the military, I swore an oath a couple times. Um, Silver Dave, you were in the military too, right? That's true. I was. Um, you you kind of did, and, and when you're an 18-year-old kid and you're swearing an oath, um, maybe it was just me, but it, it kind of felt like it meant something. Um, I was making a promise to someone uh, to do certain things, and that's kind of what an oath was. Um, the idea that we would pledge under a complete, uh, not, a, not even a, a thinly uh, veiled guise of socialism, just I, I find amazing. The city council, which is in controversial Democratic Representative Ilian Omar's 5th Congressional District, created an uproar after the June 17th unanimous vote, which amended the procedural rules to cut the pledge from the start of each session. The change came as part of an effort to serve a more, quote, diverse community, unquote, Councilmember Tim Brower said during a June meeting. What do you think? Uh, is it time to retire the Pledge of Allegiance? 
I'm all for it, but you may disagree. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Give me a call. I'm a little obsessed with My Magic Mud. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, the founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I didn't even know my teeth were coffee stained. A week's worth of use convinced me, and now I use it every three or four days. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, and I think it cleans better, too. My Magic Mud's available at most local health food stores, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, CVS, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, but I can get it for you for 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. FTL20MyMagicMud.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's free as in freedom, 855-450-3733. That's our phone number, our toll-free number, the number you can call to tell us what's on your mind. And and we've been talking about the Pledge of Allegiance, and, you know, we are, I got to say, you know, I don't think out of the three of us, there's one of us who is an avowed socialist and we don't really uh like the words of an avowed socialist like francis bellamy who wrote the pledge of allegiance and i suppose none of you have likely um researched the history of the pledge of allegiance but it has a long socialist history and we think more people should know about that and should evaluate um make that decision for themselves. Uh, in the meantime, we have a town in Minnesota that decided that they weren't going to say it at the beginning of every um, city council meeting. I, I for I mean, one, I applauded that. They don't it, even have time to bleed. How can they have time to say the pledge? Right. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, now, albeit um, they did it because they felt that it wouldn't uh, feel inclusive to a lot of their citizens in in this town, and I always get this wrong. It's St. Louis Park in Minnesota. Anyway. It just completely—it's designed to throw off uh, Americans who don't have a sense of geography, anyway. Um, but it, it's just you know designed to you know he felt it would be better for their much more diverse community, and you know a lot of uh, particularly um, conservative types have you know you know what's this i hear the word diverse if if, or diverse and it must be a bunch of liberal stuff well i I won't disagree with that i hear diversity and bantied around and i immediately think well sounds like a bunch of liberal claptrap but in this case they happen to be right and uh, i will take issue with any conservative who wishes to stand up to the pledge i just don't think it's a good idea and I'm not going to say that you're wrong and you're a horrible person. I'm just saying it does not say what you think it means, and you may not know it. It doesn't mean what you think it says. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that it definitely is a tool of obedience. It seems obvious to me that any time they say, well, you must pledge your obedience is what they really you know, could even just as much say. Well, and what this was they, sold first to was schools. Silver Dave. I mean, that's that's where this thing got mm-hmm. it starts. Francis Bellamy got a side job selling flags. That was part of how he was making his living, and he wrote articles and put in newspapers saying this should be said in every school across this great country. And you know, what does that sound like to us? Sounds so, indoctrina- indoctrination, 
Yeah, totally. So there's uh, there's this guy, to- uh, Tony Russo, and you might have heard of him. He died a few years ago of cancer, but he was a filmmaker, mm-hmm. made a lot of uh, pretty famous films, in fact, but he also um, made a film called Freedom and Fascism. And uh, interesting fellow, well, there's this video that he released just before he died where he talks about the women's liberation movement and about how the Rockefeller Foundation funded the women's liberation movement because they could only tax half of the population and because they wanted to get the kids into government schools and out of the household you know, so that the government would raise kids instead of mom and dad or mom. Wow. And so this actually makes perfect sense to me. And that, you know, before the, say like, you know, 100 years ago and, you know, before the women's liberation movement, kids were at home with mom or family and they were like working on the farm. They were doing things. Well, they, quote, liberated women by making it so that they got to work now too. And they added a bunch of new taxes like income tax, which didn't exist before the 1930s. Uh, So... They really like they got the kids into the public schools and then they got them saying the the um, uh, obedience to the flag. Yes. Not to your family, not to your God, to your flag, to a flag, which is, you know, the it's like idolatry. It's it seems like praying to a golden calf. And I just looked up over here the Ten Commandments. And interestingly enough, the very first commandment, I'm just going to read this uh out loud, it says, the Ten Commandments, the first one, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no strange gods before me. But ask yourself this, do you obey the God or the government first? And I tend to think most people obey the government before anything else. And you might want to think about that. Do you, if you are a Christian, if you're, whatever your faith, um, do you put your faith ahead of government or your government ahead of your faith. We're going to go to the phones where we've got Curtis calling in from Florida. Curtis, you're on free talk live. It's on your mind. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for uh, paying for my call on your 800 number on your dime. No problem. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. Um, I don't necessarily want to talk about the pledge. Okay. Because, even though I don't agree with, uh, eliminating the pledge, uh, I don't think your stance uh, in favor of eliminating it when you any friends. I don't think okay. so either. Uh, um, can I ask you something? Did you know that it was written by a socialist and written as a socialist mantra for this country? I I have recited the pledge along with all my classmates from when I was young. Me too. And I continue to recite it at uh, at at city council meetings or at, uh, at uh, organizational meetings in our community. I, I, uh, and most people I, do. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't, like many people, don't really uh, dissect it. I don't think anybody I, does. I, <laughs> Curtis, I was the same way. You know, you just have, you just have to understand that it's a uh, it's an abstract concept that it discusses a pledge of allegiance. No, no, no. It's the flag for which the flag stands is a 
maybe a little bit hard for you guys to get your mind around. Oh, oh no, no, no. Well, actually, I have a question. If you question, want to make an argument about this, if you want to make an argument about this, you know, you should make it with sensible, uh, a sensible reasoning. Okay, can I offer you all one? over the page. You want to go back to 2,000 years ago, something written on a tablet in, uh, in Egypt? 1892 is not 2,000 years ago. I, I'd love well, to. I think he's talking about the Ten Commandments. You just started talking about the Ten Commandments. Right, you sure. Know, Curtis, I'm so. Thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, that's not a rational argument for other, for other uh, documents or other, uh, other like... Uh, Con- Curtis, I, of, uh, yeah, of it's it's old. We're just there's many different you know, angles. We're we're not we're not on the same page here with that. So I didn't really want to go there with okay. you. But what would you like uh, to go? Where but, would you like well, to go? And I really have a question for him when we're done. But go ahead. Okay. Please. But, you know, uh, you know the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance is is just a. Uh, it's just going to be around forever. I don't think that uh, one city council uh, decision or whether they'll we'll change that. Back on their decision forever not, seems like a long a time. Deal. Yeah. Um, would you agree that a pledge is something one would take seriously? Do you? Do you? Well, yeah. I mean, we pledge to the public TV stations. We pledge to the uh, well, uh, the, the people who solicit uh, Shriners gifts. More of the know, more of the point. I'm talking about another kind of a, a pledge. I, I pledged. Now I pledged for the U.S. military. Um, I had to take okay. an oath of allegiance. Um, right, and you did. You did your time. You served your time. I did, and I think Silver Dave did too. Um, that was something so that was not pledging to a sorority. Um, but I'll tell you what, would you like to discuss this a little bit further? I wouldn't mind. I know that Silver Dave has a question. Yeah, I have a question. We're going to hold you over. 855-450-FREE. That is our number. We're going to talk to Curtis. He brings up some interesting questions about the pledge and whether we should even care about it. I mean, if it's not worth caring about, why do we all say it other than we always have all said it? 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 855-453, that's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's how you can hit us up. You want to get on the air, you want to tell us what's on your mind, we want to hear what's on your mind. This is an open phones show. You can talk about what we're talking about, you can change the subject completely, that's okay. What's important is, is that you have an outlet on nationally syndicated talk radio that allows you to do that and there are not many shows like this anymore in talk radio too often it is a hard right it's a hard left and you're going to talk about what the host wants you to talk about well you don't have to but sometimes people do take an issue with us they do want to uh, discuss what we're talking about and Somebody who wanted to weigh in on our discussion on the Pledge of Allegiance is Curtis in Florida. Curtis, you still online? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. All right. Free Talk Radio. Hey, thanks for hanging on, Curtis. So, uh, uh, well, you know, 
don't, like I said, it, you know, it's not going to win you as many friends. And I think proof of that is I got through it. I don't call radio stations. So since you but just I'm brought up caller. friendships, here, here's my question, Curtis, if I'm correct. Curtis is your name? Yes. Uh, so That's my name. Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned winning over friends and the um, the yeah. uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I guess I just wanted to ask you a couple questions about friendship. When you think right. of friendship, would you think of someone who would uh, help you out or look out for your best interests in the face of adversity? Uh, yeah, I would say. So, sure. like, for example, like if your neighbor was your friend and maybe your neighbor was, like, Jewish and the government came to you and they wanted you to tell them what the religion of your neighbor was, for example— and maybe you felt like maybe that was going to get them in trouble, but you did pledge allegiance to their flag, not to your friend. So what I guess oh, I'm well, wondering well, is yeah, but they, if but, the well, government. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, no, my question that. to you, I like Curtis. Where you're going there. I, I like where you're going there. Yeah, so. I do pledge, the, the pledge literally states pledge allegiance to the flag. Yeah, but not to but your friends. Says, but, but it says for which it stands. One nation under God with liberty and justice for all. So wouldn't that include the Jewish neighbor? Well, but so but if you're, yeah, you would think that his own religion and to be, you know, free from uh, to be able to. Uh, well, maybe you, know, you can help me better understand. Or, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm, could you? Because I'm confused. The part? Well, what you I'm wondering is if your government. Literally, I pledge allegiance to the flag. It's not just the first four words. There's a, True. There's the rest. There are more words. Oh, sure. So what I want to know, Curtis, is if you're in this situation where the government comes to you and they demand the the one of the American government, for example, since that's the flag that you want to pledge allegiance to, if the United States of America flag sends folks from agencies to you and they demand for you to give them information about one of your friends. Under their flag. Under their flag. Do you give the information... Or do you refuse saying that, well, but their liberty and so forth, because the second sentence says this, or do you give the information that they demand you give them to be obedient to them? What would you do? What should you do? What should we do? Go ahead. I'm listening. Well, I think you should just smoke another joint because you guys are just taking it way too seriously. You got Look, well, now, why don't, well, wait a second. I'm why confused. are we taking it too so seriously? The whole, world, the whole world is about understanding and the whole way, the, the way you understand the pledge and and its and its merit and its and its intent is by going through it the whole way, not piece by piece. You so know, let, like me, a, a, let me let me ask you something. You said something what to do, guys. Let, let me. I want to ask a question here. So please, first, you said something please. about religion there about the pledge. What what was your point there? Because I, I you got talked. You kind of got talked over. Are you the one who said uh, I had a Jewish neighbor? No, so, no, 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 no. That's me. No. Uh, that was that was Dave. No, this is talking, Johnson. Well, Johnson. One of you, one of you guys. You know, it's just us three, okay? Because I don't know what you're selling on this radio, but I, well, I don't know if anybody's us, listening. But... This is garbage. One of us you just know, got dumped. Uh, okay. You know, well, the, 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 can you answer my question? I mean, I'm still asking what, about the religion comment that you made. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be an automaton. I, I've played Fair enough. Thank you for your call. Hey, I tried <laughs> okay. to. Well, All right. No, I, 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 
I'm, uh, I mean, the guys told me repeatedly, you know, there's nobody listens to us and, uh, and uh, I shouldn't have to listen. You guys don't listen anyway, so fine. We we won't listen. Yep. Um, so I mean, it's interesting because you know this this same guy brings up you know he starts his whole conversation with this uh, you know argument uh, from tradition, right? We should continue saying the Pledge of Allegiance because, because that's the, just always what we've done. No, we, we should just that. keep saying the Pledge of Allegiance because you shouldn't take it so seriously. Just say the whole thing, and it's such a pretty, wonderful thing. You should just say the Pledge of Allegiance. Just, just say the Pledge of Allegiance. Just, just say the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge, pledge. Stop thought. Stop thought. Recite this thing that's designed to stop you from thinking to become a socialist cog in the machine. You're just taking it too seriously. Stop thinking. Stop thinking for yourself and pledge is essentially what this guy's saying because this is a traditionalist and what is tradition we talked about this you know while we were off you know off air uh but what is tradition but peer pressure from dead people i and love it it's exactly what this <laughs> yeah. guy is it's, it's you could hear it and it's like come on everyone's doing it you got everyone's doing it. you just have to be a sheep people you're taking it too seriously if you just smoke a joint and relax and don't think. I want to read a little bit from an article from Cato. This came out years ago, but it's called What's Conservative About the Pledge of Allegiance? And uh, just this one section of it, I think it's pretty telling. Quote, it's probably too much to ask politicians to reflect a little bit before they lunge for a political hot-button issue. But any conservative so inclined should think about what they're defending, meaning the Pledge of Allegiance. What's so conservative about it? Very little, as it turns out. From its inception in 1892, the Pledge has been a slavish ritual of devotion to the state, wholly inappropriate for a free people. It was written by Francis Bellamy, a Christian socialist, pushed out of his post as a Baptist minister for delivering pulpit-pounding sermons on such topics as, quote, Jesus the Socialist, unquote. Bellamy was devoted to the idea of his uh, ideas of his more famous cousin, Edward Bellamy, author of the 1888 utopian novel, Looking Backward, Looking Backward, describes the future United States as a regimented workers' paradise where everyone has equal incomes and men are drafted into the country's industrial army at the age of 21, serving in the jobs assigned them by the state. Bellamy's novel was extremely popular, selling more copies than any other 19th century American novel except for Uncle Tom's Cabin. Bellamy's book inspired the movement of, quote, nationalist clubs, unquote, whose members campaigned for a government takeover of the economy. A few years before he wrote the Pledge of Allegiance, Francis Bellamy became a founding member of Boston's first Nationalist Club. So this is the hill conservatives wish to right. die on. It, you know, and, and the caller, you know, uh, one of the things that wasn't, you know, mentioned because he was saying something about saying the whole Pledge of Allegiance. Right. Which, interestingly, most people don't know that Pledge of Allegiance was added to in 1954. Exactly. Didn't uh, have uh, Under God. Originally did not have Under God, and there has been a lot of talk of changing the pledge again. And uh, so there are some conservatives who recite the pledge as, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, born and unborn. That's one version of the pledge. Wow. Another version of the pledge that liberals might recite 
is I pledge allegiance to my to my flag and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with equality, liberty, and justice for all. No under God. And add equality. So there are, you know, some differences here to these uh, various versions of the pledge, which are designed, again, to just be these. Th- it's a thought-stopping technique to pledge, to recite, to say things over and over again. It is designed to get you to just stop thinking about what is going on, what's at hand. Obedience training. After leaving the pulpit, Francis Bellamy decided to advance his authoritarian ideas through public schools. Bellamy wrote the Pledge of Allegiance for, quote, Youth's Companion, a popular children's magazine, with the aid of the National Education Association, Bellamy's and the editors got the pledge adopted as part of the National Public School Celebration. Wow. Hmm. 855-450 free. We'll probably talk Columbus a little bit Day. more a little bit more on this pledge. Yeah, there's probably some more legs in this, but we are happy to talk about whatever you want. Give us a call with your topic, 855-450 free. This is Free Talk Live. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. This is Free Talk Live, hour number three. Man, the time flies. 855-453, that's free as in freedom. And we still got some loud bumper music going, but hopefully they'll tone it down a little bit. (laughs) There we go. I, I I love our theme music, so I'm okay with it. Very. Play it loud, and <laughs> and if our board ops happen to be rocking out a little bit, that's not a problem. We appreciate that. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. In studio tonight, it's Chris, Silver Dave, and Johnson, and we've been talking about lots of stuff. We just got done spending pretty much a lot of time on the Pledge of Allegiance and a Minnesota's town decision to stop saying the pledge before the meetings, but then feeling the local pressure of people who want that pledge, even though most of them have likely never really bothered to understand what it's saying. And second of all, uh, understand that it was written by a socialist who espoused many socialist beliefs, many of which uh, are there in the pledge if you happen to look for them. And you're not afraid of a little critical thinking. Um, it's it's one of those things that we've always done. And we referred to a uh, Cato article, um, which came out in 2003 uh, from the Cato Institute, saying what's conservative about the Pledge of Allegiance. In other words, this may not be the hill that conservatives wish to die on defending the words of a uh, socialist who was actually uh, kicked loose from his post as Baptist minister for delivering pulp-pounding sermons such as Jesus the Socialist. I find that very interesting, as I love to hear Donald Trump defend the pledge uh, and bash socialism, 
while the pledge was written by an avowed socialist. Awkward. It just doesn't uh, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But hey, that's me. You may have a different opinion. If you do, I would love to hear your ideas on that. Eight fifty five four fifty free. We have a call on the pledge. Uh, Steve in Virginia, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, just tuned in. Uh, interesting conversation. Um, you know, uh, uh, the pledge, I mean, I'm in my late 50s, so I've, you know, I remember as a kid going to elementary school and doing the pledge. And my son and daughter, who are teenagers now, still do it. Yep. I remember and, that, uh, too. Yeah, I remember also. Uh, I don't know if you are a movie person or not, but I remember in I'm a I write commercials and I'm a media guy and I'm a little crazy, so you know I, I'm always thinking about what culturally applies when I'm trying to sell something. So I have angles sometimes that give me insight when I'm writing and doing things to try to help sell something. So you do tap into the culture mm-hmm. of what whoever it is you're targeting. But I'm interested in those things as well. So when I think about an old movie, I don't know if you remember an old Nick Cage movie um, called uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. I do remember that. Uh, I'm close to the demographic you described, by the way. Mm. Oh, okay. So, well, <laughs> there you go. Um, and, and so anybody that's sitting in their living room watching that movie who's my age just – lights up when they see that and it has nothing to do with the socialism that is absolutely associated with the pledge it has to do with the culture of what they remember when they were doing those things that's an interesting point that is an interesting you point know, like i think that, that like it is somewhat uh just a, a nostalgia uh the way things yeah. were things were better then it's yeah, like they oh, say, yeah. eleven to fifteen is when you found your like musical tastes or something like that. You know, it's yeah. like in well, that I age mean, range, right? Oh, well, I, I love everything, but I mean, you have to realize I grew up in the sixties, seventies, and was an adult in the eighties and nineties. So my musical tastes are very, very, you know, ex, you know, they're all over the place. But, mm-hmm. but, um, but I guess the other thing that comes to mind is I think of movies like, um. Uh, American Graffiti, you know, the first movie that was done with music from start to finish, where there were more, there was more than one plot going on throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and everybody said that it couldn't be done. But again, you go back to that time and that era, and I remember one of the first scenes, what we call Richie Cunningham, you know, he walks up to to an unknown actor, then Richard Dreyfus and says, here, the guys from the lodge, they're giving you $3,000. Here, take it. This is like 1962. Here, take it. And uh, they really want you to know they're proud of you. And, you know, you go to the lodge, you go to any lodge, it's the flag, it's allegiances, it's the culture. It's, I don't care if it's paternal. I don't care if it's at a Baptist church. Right. I don't care if it's at a picnic a Labor Day picnic, whatever. And if you end up being the odd man out, the oddball, before you show up to go, oh, God, here comes that guy who doesn't believe in the pledge. Oh, yeah. Believe me. <laughs> believe me. Um, so I've, I've been a local politician, too, and that's 
led to some anxiety related to the pledge. I just, I don't stand for it. I don't make a big deal out of it. Uh, I just want people to know, do you think that even if things are nostalgic, um, for example, I imagine a lot of people who may be in their 50s, 60s, 70s um, may remember Jim Crow laws. And uh, well, I'm 58, so uh, that's right before me, like just maybe a five years prior. Yeah, yeah. But do yeah. you think? I remember. I, I'm in Southern Virginia. I'm educated and I've traveled a lot, but I do not remember what we call overt racism. Right. Anywhere here. But I imagine that the border in North Carolina is different down there. But that was then. I'm not talking about now. Do you think some older people look fondly back at some parts of American history that we most of us would want to forget? Um, Yeah, I do. But, you know, what's funny about it. Um, uh, Most of my family, I've got a I've got one leg of my family from Massachusetts. So I packed the car and I got a. I got to buy a hobby. You know, I know how to talk like that. But, but, but anyway, most of my family are Southern. They're from Virginia. Um, and, and when I think back about uh, the times when I was growing up, um, I guess what it was, it was a separation. And I don't think this is necessarily um, right. But there was a separate but equal attitude. We all just kind of did it, and right. you know. And uh, and then every now and then, the, you know, the little boy in you that looks at something. And I remember as a child looking at uh, things on TV where black people were getting sprayed, and I didn't like that. I, I thought that right. was wrong. Of course, oh, that no, that's not right. But see, you have to be young enough and separated from that enough to where it wasn't something you were embattled in and then your parents are trying to protect you from the influences of some culture they don't understand so um we have this you are correct that we have this long history with the pledge we most of us to this day still have recited the pledge of allegiance we have sworn our fealty to the flag um that's true do you think it's worth having a discussion about some of these old traditions do you think it's? I do. I think the conversion rate. I'm always looking at the conversion rate. You were a politician, so you know this. You've sure. Been in meetings before, trying to decide how things are going to go. Um, the conversion rate. Hey, look. The way I look at it's like you guys. You're 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 putting out the ideas of freedom. It takes a while for a person to go. This is not. This is no longer silly. It seems silly at first. Right. When you're out here slugging it out trying to make a living and become successful and raise a family and, you know, uh, get down that honeydew list, uh, you know, and just get the projects done. You're busy all the time. And then you tune in to Free Talk Live and you'll hear somebody going, well, I just didn't drive with a driver's license yesterday. And then them cops, you know, they didn't realize who they were dealing with. And so most people will sit there and go, is this guy serious? <laughs> they will say that. I appreciate the call. Um, 855-450-FREE. What do you think? Is the pledge outdated or should we just blindly keep saying it? I'm I'm up listening. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's free as in freedom. 
855-450-3733. That's our toll-free number. But first, I wanted to tell you about My Magic Mud. Have you ever heard of this product? It is so cool. It is a black tooth powder. Yes, black tooth powder. I didn't I didn't say that wrong. I actually got that one right. Despite my Lyme disease, made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay, this stuff is something that's found in a lot of different food products. It's good for you. It's all right. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth. It's found in most health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, and My Magic Mud, the people that have tried it here in the studio rave about it. It's not a use every day type of product. You only need to use it a couple times a week after you've used it the first time for about four days. Um, and it really does whiten their teeth. I've got to say I'm impressed and I've got some at home that I am going to try myself. You can receive 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. That's coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. Johnson, you ever try it? Yeah, I actually have a bunch of it at, at home as well, and uh, I got my girlfriend to try it as well. I'm glad, and, and uh, the results have been noticeable. Yeah, they're yeah. very, it's good. It's a little bit, uh, my, and I want to try the toothpaste. Yes. Because the powder... I I have to do the powder in the shower. It's kind of messy. It's it can be yeah. if you're not careful and you you know first of all you wouldn't want to knock that container over because right. that's going to be a cleanup for a uh, while. If you knock the whole container over, <laughs> I feel like you might just want to burn you your might, house yeah. down. <laughs> like, all right, honey, we're gonna have to move. And that's uh, not don't even want to know. I it's dropped fine. In my magic mud. I mean, it's a fine Very powder fine like powder. ash. Yes. You know, and it's, it's, yeah. Very fine. But, but, uh, but I do love my magic mud. And despite that, I've never spilled an entire can. Uh, and I do feel bad for the poor fellow that does do that. You just but, have to wipe that sink out, you know, yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Cause it's trying to, if don't turn on any powerful fans and get, you know, really lean over into the sink so you're not spray cause it, it'll splatter. Right. And that's the, and they give you some good instructions. They, they give you lots of hints yeah, on how they, to do this uh, and keep it neat. But if you don't want to deal with that, you can use the, the toothpaste, which is a yep. newer product. And people are, are saying good things about that too. So, um, yeah, if, if you, uh, if you can do it and just, uh, don't do what I did. Um, first of all, I took my, my electronic toothbrush that oh, vibrates God. at about 30,000 oh, RPM oh, and I, uh, got it wet like I do when I brush yeah. my teeth and then I stuffed it in the jar of my magic mud and poof. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! There was it was just a little bit of a mess, and then I tried to quickly shove uh, the the thirty thousand RPMs into my mouth. Covered with, <laughs> it was just a mess. And I imagine that uh, your face looked like an apocalypse too. Then, yeah, but <laughs> but I have seen the results on yeah. on coworkers mm-hmm. here, and this stuff actually works. I I really encourage it. Um, so we've been talking with some folks about the Pledge of Allegiance. That's been fairly popular. We are going to go, excuse me, I'm going to try to cut over to Bad Slave. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Can you hear us? Well, thank you. Excellent. Good to speak with you, gentlemen. Um, I um, just wanted to bring up the possibility of, you know, 
we've we've um, mistakenly uh, pledged uh, all these years, and it's a lot more for me than every anybody else here. Um, I'm 67, and uh, you know, I guess there was still some of the Jim Crow laws going on when I was alive, uh, starting in '52. Yep. Uh, so you know, we we we've got this this history um, of of a socialist pledge, and I mean, why hasn't somebody come along with you know? And I think it ought to be an agreement, not a not a pledge. You know, people agree to, for instance, uh, honor uh, individual liberty, individual responsibility, uh, honor. You know the the ideas of of of, of learning and gathering knowledge and you know being an enlightened being. I you know I I, I you know I didn't have the time here to compose a an agreement, but uh, you know it might be something that we can keep nice and short, and then just you know kind of have it be something between individuals uh, as we, you know, approach our, uh, you know, our deliberation. I mean, I don't think it's changed. I don't think it's changed because where, where is government, if not square in the middle of the, uh, the intersection on the Venn diagram of socialism and traditionalism? Right. I mean, when those things kind of smash together and you get an overlap of of socialist ideals and traditionalist ideals, the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, kind of squarely in there. And it's, a you know, for the government, it's kind of a, a great thing. Right. For them. I mean, if people a are done deal, yeah, a done deal yeah. for sure. I You know, it's like uh, it's like government schools, you know, public schools. I like to call them Gov Indoc yeah. because they're, you know, that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you can't know, look and, at and anything more powerful than that pledge as a more direct example yeah. of indoctrination. The, the pledge well, is squarely in the, in the center of the Hegelian dialectic. Well, so the <laughs> yeah, thing about. And, and, and I mean, you know, we, 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 you know, being a people that are supposedly of liberty, why is it that we're, you know, so hamstrung uh in 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 dealing with this this is this is just idiotic it's just you know it's on the face of it it's just uh you know the the silliest crap it so is there's something that i'm sorry i interrupted you there chris but there's something about the pledge of allegiance that sort of pops into my mind though and that is that it's actually a contract that people at least verbally agree to, which mm. is very different than the Constitution. And the reason I bring this up is that uh, the Constitution, although seen as a legal binding document by pretty much all lawyers, if anyone's familiar with uh, Lysander Spooner, Lysander Spooner writes a book called No Treason, oh. The Constitution of No Authority. And I find this to be a really interesting read. Or audio book, you can find it on the computer, uh, YouTube, audio, play it in your car, whatever, too. Lysander Spooner, Constitution of No Authority. 
Anyway, he basically explains that the Constitution is not legally binding at all. Thanks for your call. When we come back, we should uh, talk about why the Constitution is not a binding legal agreement with you, me, or anybody. I'm happy to have that discussion, and I enjoy the writings of Lysander Spooner. He had a lot of good things to say and gave us, damn it, the three-cent stamp. (laughs) That's a good story, too. We'll talk about that. (laughs) 855-450. Ike was such a sweet, lovable animal, and people would want to pet him, and they'd come up, and they'd get close to him, and it would be this instant, oh, my dad didn't want to touch him. It's like, ooh, get the stinky dog away from me. Even after we'd give her a bath, she would still stink. Very stinky, both bad breath and bad gas. I asked the vet, and he said, some dogs are just stinky. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. The ingredients convinced me that it was definitely worth trying. After about a week, he started smelling normal. My husband and I were really kind of astonished. Dynavite is nutrition. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. That's our toll-free number. You can call in and get on the radio and you can let us know what your what is on your mind. How many times have you been listening to the radio and you go, I could talk better about it than those clowns? Or I can think of a better subject than that. Well, bring it on. I want to hear it. 855-453. But first, I want to tell you about the Edge Wallet, a wallet I just used a moment ago because I just bought 20 bucks worth of excellent New Hampshire maple syrup from Silver Dave. In a jar. In a jar, (laughs) in a just a big mason jar of syrup, no labels, no nothing, because that's how we roll here in New Hampshire. Uh, The nice thing was, was I was able to send him cryptocurrency using the Edge wallet. The Edge wallet is available in iOS, uh, for iOS and for Android devices, It is a mobile wallet. It is one wallet that you can use to buy, sell, trade, and securely securely hold your cryptocurrencies. It's user control, which means you control the keys to your money, and that's a big thing in cryptocurrency. You don't want to trust anybody else. You trust yourself. There's support for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and many other cryptocurrencies you may have heard of. It's been built by, uh, being built by a veteran team. They've been building apps since 2014. Their tagline is secure your freedom. And we agree cryptocurrency is a way to your freedom. You just need a way to secure it. Go to edge.app for more information. That's edge.app. So we have been kind of, uh, what were we going to talk about, Dave? Well, we talked about Lysander Spooner. We are going to talk about Lysander Spooner, but first we have to go to the phones because we have Decentralized Liberty on the line. Decentralized, are you there? Yeah. Uh, actually, um, it says D- 
decolonized liberty, but like I, I do always go by decentralized liberty. If you say it, that's you, actually you, a fantastic, awesome other name. Then you can thank me and my Lyme disease from not being able to pronounce what's written on the screen. You just accidentally won us $10 million. <laughs> How did you yeah, bring him in I'm here? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a good conversation about Lysander Spooner too, but I, what I wanted to call about is um he's a cool guy but what i wanted to call about is uh trump's you know disgusting um racist comments and i really don't mean the tweet that he wrote to the you can, you can make an argument to the to the about referencing the, con- the congresswoman i mean yes it's not civil in the context of uh american politics but you know i don't really put too much faith in american politics but then he went on you know, a reporter question and answer session for I got a seven minute clip I found of him just and I've heard bits and pieces of it where he just blathered off some of this, the stupidest things I've ever heard and absolutely just offensive. If you don't like it here, if you don't like this country, if, you know, you can get out, you can leave, you can go, come back or you can stay. You, you can leave this country if you don't like it. If you don't like Israel, he accused people of he accuses opponents of supporting Al Qaeda and are praising Al Qaeda and all kinds of just if you don't like Israel, you're, you're not American. You should get out and all this stuff. And I mean, my, my opinion of this is that if Trump has finally come out as as and the Republican Republican Party, as I like to call them, has come out as the party of get out of my country, go back to where you came from. I mean, they've pretty much well, they probably electorally probably just signed themselves into uh, eventual irrelevancy at some point just due to demographic change. And that's that's that they didn't have to do that, by the way. I I thought you said you were not big into politics. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm not. I don't put faith in the electoral system. That's what I should say. Okay, there you go. Um, I don't yeah, know. But- I don't know which way it goes. Um, Trump, he seems to be very popular with his core base who just seem to be feeling that we've got to go along with him or else they're going to elect a Democrat. So no matter in what he term, says, yeah. that's it. Um, I don't know where this ends up. I'm, I'm not anxious to find out. I think that... It's the same brand of ice cream, but they just put a little picture of either a kitty cat or a puppy dog, depending on who they think you know, you're going to like better. And whether it's Donald Trump or some other politician, they'll have one people riled up about him being a racist and the other people will be riled up about something. But either way, it's the same ice cream and you're going to eat it, whether it's got Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse on the cover. Well, so apparently Trump had a reply about you know people questioning him about his tweets, and he says apparently those... Those tweets were not racist. Uh, I don't have a racist bone in my body. They were, uh, and uh, he's, but he continued to back it up and say they can leave. They should leave our country. They shouldn't hate our country. You sound, you know, Johnson. You do a pretty good job. You kind of sound a little like terrible. I think it's. I feel like it was a terrible one. But (laughs) well, I think you do pretty good. Maybe you ought to put on a shave your head, put on a wig. Oh my god. (laughs) I I think it's. I think that the Republicans are just, I feel for them, I kind of feel for the average rank-and-file Republican who doesn't espouse all this crazy stuff, but he feels like he's he's got a boat anchor around his foot and he doesn't know where to go. I, think, I mean, when they do interviews, like on NPR, it's exactly what it is. Like, we got to support this guy. He's our only hope for, I'm not sure what, I have no idea what they think he's their only hope for, but like, well, he's the only hope for my 
not having a Democrat. Way of life, my demographic survival, so, something. I'm not sure what it is, but it's we. No matter how bad it, I badly I dislike what he's saying, we have to back this guy. It's crazy. I don't know. What would you say if the you know the idea was brought up though to say to end welfare programs, especially to, end to non programs, to end welfare programs, and especially to end welfare all welfare programs to non citizens. The non-citizens, uh, I think that all welfare programs should be ended, and that's why, a uh, why stop there? necessity of necessity to end that, what, what you call broadly corporate welfare, and it's all because it's all balanced. People buy from corporations, corporations employ people. It's all so, it's all a it's all a system. It's all a web. But yeah, I'm true. all for it. Get so let me ask you this: If you say that if oh, you're coming yeah. here, if you're saying to someone, if you're coming here to be on welfare, you should leave. You should not come to the country. Is that saying something that's inherently racist? Oh, yeah, no, not at all. But yeah, that's not what Trump was saying, of course. He's saying if you don't like this country and you're criticizing him and his governance, you should you should leave is what he was saying. He said that during the interview aloud, not during his tweet. No, I mean, it has right. nothing to do with okay, it. I haven't seen the interview. I don't know if I'd call that racist. I'd yeah, call I it more like unrealistic because you can't just really like leave. Like if there was really like, the, all the different countries control all their different sectors and can't go in or can't go out and actually like work and make a living. If you wanted to leave America and go somewhere else, you wouldn't be able to really go there and live there and work there because then you've run into all different types of problems trying to like transfer, you know, which tax farm owns you. Yeah. It's so well, I think that libertarians would 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 uh, sympathize with the idea that if you don't like the if you don't like it here if you don't like the system and if you don't like the way I'm running things you should go and move to wherever you know what I mean I I think that that line's been used enough that you know yeah they I mean, use that line but it, and it's not realistic because like you know you can't really just do that and if there was a well, country, I want to leave anyway well, I, I know but one of the hardest things to do in America is leave America so it's expensive. I've just got to, and you couldn't, you know, and you have to have like a lifetime of support money because wherever you go, you won't be allowed to work there unless, you know, unless you, well, you obey might. the government at that place and sign their agreements and you would, you know, obey their, but let's oaths. just say I wanted to leave this, this country, you know, it's not as simple as me buying a plane ticket and, and handing my keys to my neighbor saying, keep an eye on the place or sell it or whatever. There's right. not that. I'm going to have to pay penalties to the IRS. Yeah. I mean, that's that's unreal. I, I have to pay an exit fee. Um, it's prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. A lot of people that he's saying, just get out of the country if you don't like it. Because it's a tax farm and they own you. Decolonize Liberty, thank you so much for the call. Um, yeah. 855-450 free. What do you think? I, I think... I think uh, decolonize liberties onto a core issue is what do what do Republicans expect out of this president? Mm-hmm. Eight fifty five four fifty three. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's our toll free number. That's free as in freedom. Hey, you know who I'd like to say? I want to give a shout out. This is not a show that does shout outs, but damn it, I got first chair. I'm going to shout out Curry Taylor. He is a silver amplifier. What is an amplifier, you say? 
amplifiers are people that donate money to Free Talk Live's Amplify program. That stands for AMP. AMP is Advertise, Market, and Promote. And Curry has pledged 10 bucks a month, and that money goes for one thing and one thing only. It is promoting this radio station, uh, radio station, promoting this radio show, getting it on more stations so more people will hear the ideas of liberty. We think that's a worthwhile venture. You can find out more at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Um, so I, I want to mention something real quick about, for you know, just during the last segment that, uh, you know, I don't know. I've been watching for a while this whole, you know, thing where everyone keeps calling Trump racist. And I keep looking for, like, something that I can clearly say, oh, yeah, that was clearly racist and not motivated, not, not motivated by any other possible ideology right like it had to be a racist statement absolutely and i i guess i still haven't been able to figure that out uh you know people i i see where the bias is coming from from the left putting people in a spotlight and saying see he's racist he singled out these four women and the women of color it's like no trump attacks everyone Right. And it's like, I haven't, I haven't figured it out. And I, it's not like I'm a Trump supporter. I think it's, you know, I wouldn't support any Republican for the most part. I think, you know, I, I vaguely supported Ron Paul in a primary, uh, but I don't know if, even if Ron Paul had won that primary, if I would have voted for Ron Paul, I still don't really know because, right. uh, you know, the, the idea of voting for a Republican or a Democrat makes me like just kind of want to vomit my mouth a little bit. But, uh, De decolonized liberty is you know bringing up this point and saying you know this is clearly racist and what i wonder is is how someone like that or how other people uh would feel about these because there are a lot of uh people who are minorities people of color who have uh come out in support of trump you know people like in Candace Owens. Candace Owens comes to mind. You know, there are other people. Um, I can't necessarily list off a name of people because I've been actually more trying to pay less and less attention to politics. Uh, but, um, yeah, and I'm just wondering, you know, what the thought is there uh, in terms of mentioning those people who obviously also do not think that uh, Trump is being racist. It seems like there's actually a, a growing support amongst minority communities uh, for uh, Trump and for the Republican Party, actually, uh, yeah. is the impression that I've gotten. And uh, is it just his abrasiveness? Is is that really what this comes down to? Or do people, are people truly identifying things that they are truly offended by? One place you can go to find out what some of these people think is, is Freedom Fest. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. Freedom Fest's theme this year is the Wild West, liberty or opportunity, or lawlessness and violence. This year, Penn Jillette, Lenora Skineski, Candace Owens, John Mackey, Kevin O'Leary, and Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank, Stephen Moore, Grover Norquist, Libertarians, Conservatives, Liberalists, Anarchists, capitalists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debate, share real solution, and converse freely. Go to freedomfest.com slash FDL and get your ticket now. 
Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount. Again, that is freedomfest.com slash FTL. Plus, at Freedom Fest, you will get the five best speeches from last year. Speeches from Judge Napolitano, Alan Dershowitz, Charlie Kirk, Heather McDonald, and John Mackey, all for free. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL slash, uh, excuse me, that's freedomfest.com slash FTL. Um, I think you bring up an interesting point there. It, it's it's more nuanced. I think this is what the left is missing. It It is more nuanced. You're just trying to paint Trump as uh, he's a racist. That's it. That's all anybody needs to hear. To me, you, that sounds like exactly the mentality that won the Republicans the election is because the left keeps just <laughs> sort of insanely just, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a misogynist, you're an ableist, you're, a, you know, just like going crazy with just trying to label people, you're full of hate. <laughs> okay. You know, like they're just getting laughed at, you know, and it's like, that's not what's going on. Stop being an extremist all the time. Exactly. I mean, I feel like it's being upset with Donald Trump for being racist. It's like being upset with Kermit the Frog and saying, <laughs> for being oh, my goodness, <laughs> Kermit the Frog, he's a racist. They should take him off. He's really bad. But to me, I feel like he's a sock with a hand inside of him. <laughs> And so, like, if you really are concerned, then forget Donald Trump. He's a sock with a hand inside of him. You might want to think about is who is on the other end of that hand. That's that's a good Let's point. Let's make it, America great again. And with that, green again. Green can, again. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> America's green. <laughs> no, they're not stoned. They're already stoned. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, now, it's just because I've got the floor here all of a sudden. I just kind of stole it. No, um, no, that's... Well, but here's the thing. There's something I want to share with the listeners. And by the way, thank you, folks, so much for listening. Really appreciate that. Without you, we'd be just talking to ourselves with a lot of fancy equipment. So the Constitution, how is it a legally binding agreement? And this is something that really amazes me, how so many lawyers and so many folks see the Constitution as a legally binding agreement. They must follow it. They must obey it. Legally binding. But I feel like Lysander Spooner, in his book, The Constitution of No Authority, makes it so clear that it is not a binding agreement. And the fact that the lawyers have no notice of this really astonishes me. Now, why is it not legally binding? Well, it's very simple. You didn't sign it. I didn't sign it. No, wait. Maybe if, someone out there did. So if you don't sign an agreement, you might be pretty hard-pressed to be in a binding agreement. And then if people who signed it signed it before you were born on your behalf, that might also not be legally binding. But you have to sign to get your Social Security identification card, right? And we have to sign it to see and what's in it. you have to pledge an allegiance to the flag. So they get you in a bunch of things after the fact. But I feel like those after-the-fact agreements by coercion, under duress, after being exposed to various mind control, both through programming on electronic devices, as well as possibly through chemicals, maybe I'm just a theorist, maybe these conspiracies are just theories, or maybe they are real and these guys own you. 
according to their rules. Well, the problem with conspiracy theories is we all laugh at them until we find out that there was an element of truth or they were just flat out true. Mm. So many things in our history, we can, there's no such thing as false flags, except for the whole Gulf of Tompkins that got us into the Vietnam War. And of course, Uh, every big event that's, no, 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 wait, I'm just kidding. They're telling the truth. (laughs) Sure they are. Or Operation Northwoods. Why would they lie to us? Hey, Kermit. We're gonna Check go, this out. We're going to go to the phones where we've got David calling in from Albuquerque. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, being quick because you're at the end of the last couple minutes of your show. First of all, whatever Trump says, he, he's playing you. He's playing you. So if you hear something that puzzles you, that you object to, he's playing you. He's playing them. He's playing everybody. 4D so, chess? Um, pardon? 4D chess? Yeah. Yeah, at least when he's playing against me. Um, but <laughs> totally. anyway, so 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 when uh, uh, the state of New Mexico, FBI stated publicly, New Mexico is the most corrupt state in the nation, and they proved it by trafficking my children illegally, and so I continue to pay them back by exposing their daily corruption in support of what the FBI said, that New Mexico is the most corrupt state in the nation. Today, we have uh, more news on, or, uh, news on uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico Mayor uh, Tanita, uh, I don't and think I've heard done, her. Uh, pardon? This is the mayor of? Yeah, mayor, like stomping mayor, uh, like a female horse, mayor, yep. Oh, you got to so go mayor, fast. Mayor of, Las, mayor of Las Vegas. So you can search Las Vegas and look at, uh, on Google. You hit Las Vegas and hit news, and she comes to the very top along with the uh, drunk guy that hit an elk. Wow. And, um, uh, and uh, so what she did is she's got a boyfriend. And David, her boyfriend's a contractor. David, I invite you to call back in on another night because we ran out of time. My apologies. Thank you for spending. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other. And that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade and securely hold your cryptocurrencies including Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. 